Welcome to the Retro Rejects Podcast with your hosts, NES Complex and Vintage Video Game Geek. Hello and welcome to another episode of Retro Rejects. Today is October 17th, 2013 and this is episode 7. We're really excited to do this show because we just got back from Portland at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. I want to welcome my Excellent co-host and very good friend, Vintage Video Game Geek. How are you doing this evening? I'm I'm good. We didn't now we didn't just get back. I mean it's been It feels like it. Well, it's been a couple weeks actually. It's been one week and four days. <laughs> yes. And we did have the best time ever. Um and we're gonna talk all about it. And I did we were emailing earlier this week and I actually said to you, I was like, only fifty more weeks to Portland. <laughs> yeah, you know, seriously. And and I <laughs> Like, I really think this is going to be on my yearly schedule no matter what. I mean, it's just such a great time to get together with people. And I i don't think I'll ever regret going. So Yeah, I would really put it up there. You know, you kind of have Christmas and then <laughs> Portland, I think, is like a very close second. No joke. I'm, no <laughs> joke at all. Like, seriously, I love going to Portland. Before we get into any segments or anything like that, I just really want to say thank you to everyone who listens to this show. I think I got a big sense of how many people do when we were in Portland. But uh, the emails we get, the positive comments we get on the videos we put up, the people that listen to our show are awesome. And you know, having met many of them now, I, I don't think I can put into words how thankful I am. It is so awesome that you guys listen. And I really appreciate you. It is awesome, and and I echo your comments, and um, and we were just kind of going through. We got four audio questions. Wow! Uh, during the last month, so you know we've listened to them, and we're looking forward to going over those. You know, also I just want to say, without getting into it, I have had probably the roughest year of my life, and I feel like in some of the episodes, I don't feel like I've had the same kind of joy and uh, excitement that I normally do. And so if anyone picked up on that, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just been rough. But I feel like I'm back and I'm excited about this show. I really think that this is going to be an excellent show. I really am looking forward to what we got lined up here. I do too. And today's show is being brought to you by Red's Apple Ale. (laughs) It is an exceptional crisp apple ale with 5% alcohol by volume. Uh oh, I really got into this the cider stuff. Like when we were in Portland, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Like, okay, what was that? Like Saturday night or Friday night? No, it was Friday. Night. <laughs> All right, so Friday night. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but there was a little gathering of some you know YouTubers that were there, like Billion J and Eric uh, Alpha Omega Sin. Uh, a couple other guys and and they had you know they had got like a bunch of beers and they had got like a bunch of this apple cider stuff and you know i was in there and i wasn't too sure like is this for the chicks you know like is this (laughs) is this kind of you know because there were a couple of girls there and um i wasn't too sure like if if it was cool or not to drink this like hard cider or whatever so i kind of just like kicked back and like you know, observe the room. And I saw like a couple dudes were drinking it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And I, I really liked it. And oh, so, it's good. yeah. And, uh, and apparently it's okay to drink if you're a guy. So yeah, some people just like apple juice too. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, apple ooh. juice is, is good. Um, no, I like it. I like the apple. Have you tried pear? 
ale before? No. It's very similar, but pear, I like the taste of pear a little better than apple, I think. I like pear. It's good. It's good. I'm on board with that. Uh, you know, it probably is slightly of a, like a wussy drink, but <laughs> just slightly. Um, yeah. So wh- why, don't we, why don't we get started and just take us back, Chris, because you were actually the first person to arrive and well, actually, bring though, us back to the experience of landing. You know, the plane is coming in. I had to wait for my luggage. But what was really, really awesome, and I cannot believe this happened, is that um, Terry um, from Luigi Freakout, Terry and Tyler, Terry actually arranged for someone to pick us up at the airport so that we didn't have to take the train. Um, but my plane landed a little bit earlier than yours did, Vintage. So um, Robert is his name. He he has a, a channel on YouTube called The Nintendo Doctor, which I was actually watching some of uh, over the week. And he's really I, – I like what he's doing there. He's yeah. got a very new channel, though, like 36 subscribers. I subbed. Yeah, me too. Me too. He's a good guy. And he was telling yeah. us some good tips. I, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that in a second. But – he picked me up at the airport. I could not believe it. It was so awesome. And I just, you know, hung out with him. And while we were waiting for you, he took me to a burger joint that's local to Portland called Burgerville. Yeah. And so we got some burgers and I, I called you because you were supposed to be coming in. I said, uh, I'm going to pick you up some food. Don't worry about it. So we got you some food and can, we came can, back. Can, and... can I just cut in here? I, I, yeah. I have a confession. Uh-oh. <laughs> so when I landed, you know, I texted you. And I was like, hey, I landed. And you're like, hey. Then I got off the plane and I was trying to call you and you weren't answering and you weren't answering your text messages. So I was getting very irritated. And I'm like, where are you? So then I called Aaron because I thought maybe like Aaron knew where you were. And he was like, hey, we're hanging out at, you know, Luigi Freakout's place. You know, uh, we're here with Greg and we're having a great old time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, where's Chris? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I haven't heard from him. And I'm like, well, I'm really aggravated that he's not here. And he's like, I'll try to call him for you. So he set off to try to contact you. And I kind of just sat down with like a pissed off look on my face. Wow. And then and then you call me. And before I get a chance to chew you out, you're like, <laughs> you're like, um, hey, I, I bought you. um, I bought you a burger <laughs> and fries. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, what a nice guy. <laughs> and so I, 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 I wanted to admit that to you and apologize for my grumpiness. But I will say that I just had flown like for nine hours and I had got up like yeah. at four in the morning and I was a little bit grumpy by the time you I know. got to Portland. <laughs> uh, and, and the burger was great and I ate it in the back of Rob's car. And so I also want to thank Rob for picking us up. And, you know, kind of carting us back to the expo. And uh, and so, yeah, like he was saying some cool things about boiling your um, Nintendo 72 pin connectors. Yeah. What, what else was he saying? <clears throat> well, first, I want to say what he was saying about that. And, and it makes a lot of sense. The reason that those connectors get bad is because they kind of bend out of shape. But he was saying that if you boil them the metal will kind of restore. Like the heat actually changes the shape and it tries to bend it back to its original spot. And that just sounded brilliant. I'd never heard that before. So very cool guy. And uh, he ended up having a booth um, at the expo and he did a raffle for DuckTales 2, yeah. uh, cart only, which I put in for, it was like two bucks a ticket. I didn't win, but <laughs> he, d- he did and the drawing very- on, uh, on his YouTube channel, which I thought was wow. pretty cool. Yeah, that, that is very cool. It was cool. He had a couple of copies of that actually there. Mm. He has had 
a lot of very rare NES games. I won't get into it all. He was telling me some of the things he's had and you know over over the years. But he's just such a great guy. I love just sitting and talking to him while we were um, you know leaving you sitting at the airport. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know one other thing I want to say about him is that part of the way through the show, I picked up that boxed copy of Zelda Two. Right. I, I was carrying it around, but it was just in a bag, and I was afraid it was going to get damaged. So I was walking around looking to see if anyone had those plastic box protectors. Mm-hmm. So I went from booth to booth, and, and people were like, no, all the ones I have are already out. But I went up to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, let me just give you one. And it was just awesome. He just yeah. went into his bag and pulled one out and put it in there for me. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Cause yeah, yeah. When we did the pickups video, which there's a two-part video on the Retro Rejects podcast YouTube channel. You can go and see all of our pickups. Uh, or not. When you showed that, I had no idea that. I thought that it came with it. You know, when you picked it up for like 28 bucks or whatever, I thought you got it from the vendor. But that's cool that yeah. he gave it to you. No, he's an awesome guy. So he dropped us off at the uh, hotel, and, and we stayed at the Red Dog Inn. The Red Lion. The Red Lion. Why do you keep calling it a dog? Do you, I don't is know. It I just keep thinking... No, I just, for some reason, I keep thinking that it's the red dog. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like, know. maybe I'm thinking about Clifford or something like that. <laughs> the big red dog. Yeah, the big red dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never understood Clifford. Like, really? Why was he so big? <laughs> the red part never bothered you. No, no. I mean, no. Why was he like a giant dog? And it just was weird. Don't you think? I don't really know what to say. All right, we'll talk about this some other time. So he dropped us off, and then we went to go check-in, and there was this girl at the check-in, and she was like, um, I think she thought maybe something about us that wasn't really accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We actually said, you know, we just want to clarify, we're not gay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you booked us the room with the king bed, and we actually were like, hey. "Do you have any other beds? Like any other?" Well, rooms? I think that should be the the clue that we weren't gay. That I was saying, "Can I have you know two beds?" Right. And but she was like, "No, we're totally booked." Maybe when I winked and patted you on the butt, that <laughs> threw her off. <laughs> okay, that didn't happen. No, of course it didn't happen. But there was a little cuddling. <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen either. <laughs> Now, I was going to talk about this one bed thing, so maybe this is a good time Okay, yeah, yeah, please do. Well, you know, I I, I thought it would be a little more uncomfortable than it was, but the bed was so big, like, I didn't notice. There was nothing. Whatever. I told you. There was no no inadvertent touching. Like, (laughs) you know, I was on my side, and you were on your side, and there was... there was nothing. It was, there was plenty of space. We didn't even have to put, like, a barrier of pillows no. or ironing board. Like, I thought, you know, maybe we should make a wall. No, no. But it was fine. Like, yeah. you know, you just were over there snoring. and. <laughs> no, I, I don't snore. Yes, you do. Get out of here. Dude, you snore. But it's not loud. It's just kind of like. <sighs> no way. Uh, really? You're sleeping. I heard it, dude. You do. See, and that's why I wear earplugs. Like, so you don't wake yourself up. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you snore or not. I I have no idea because I didn't hear a thing. Anyway, I I apologize if I kept you awake, dude. Not at all. You didn't keep me awake because that's so that that would be irritating. I think. I think I woke you up. <clears throat> like I was on my phone or something, and the light was bothering you. Yes, you did. You did. Yeah, on Sunday morning. You know, I tried. 
so wait, wait, back to yeah. back. To, I wanted, I wanted, like maybe both of us should say some thanks and like some of the people that we met. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. do you want to talk about anybody? I have a long list. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I actually didn't really meet that many people. <laughs> well, I think well, there's a big difference because people don't know what true. you look like. That's true. So you know, I want to thank uh, the Nintendo Doctor. We already talked about him. I also want to wanted to thank uh, some people that gave me like uh, some gifts um awesome. this one guy chad actually gave me a um it's this really cool like skeletor halloween costume from like 1981 and it's it's it, it's in this box and everything it has like a mask and it's like you know back in the day you used to like get your halloween costume from like the grocery store do you remember this and it was like the plastic yes. suit that you would wear <laughs> With the with the oh yeah plastic mask with the rubber band around the back yeah they Halloween costumes have come a long way so cool though that he had this and he's like hey man he's like he had listened to our episode where we talked about he man and, he's and like, he actually found me first but he didn't know who you were so right. he's like um I got this thing for vintage but who is yeah. he and you were standing like two feet away you know he didn't know though right right. <laughs> And he's so he's right like, there. hey, you know, I, I like listening to the show. I'm not really into He-Man, but I liked the episode and I know that you guys like it. So I got I picked this up for like a dollar and he's like, would you like it? I'm like, absolutely. And it's funny because when I was going home, I had so much stuff. I had nowhere <laughs> to put this thing. I mean, it's a decent sized box. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like the size of like a shoe box. Right. And I had nowhere to put it and I didn't want to force it in anything because I didn't want it to get all smashed. So what I ended up doing is just throwing it in one of those bags that they were giving you like when you first come in. Right. Like, swag right. bags or whatever. I ended up just throwing it in there and like carrying it with me like all the way back home. <laughs> yeah. I want to say thank you to Chad. Also, uh, a huge, huge thank you to the Portlandian um, Absolutely. On YouTube. This guy, he's from Portland, believe it or not. Oh, Portlandian? <laughs> well, he lives there. Huh. <laughs> he's not from Portland, but he is of Portland, and so he is the Portlandian. And uh, his name's Jonathan, and he's you know, just really awesome guy. He listens to the show, and he basically was our, like, tour guide oh, while yeah. we were in Portland. I mean, this yeah, guy, we got to hang out quite a bit. Like yeah. on the show floor, we were hanging out. We talked about all kinds of things. We played some games together. Yep. Uh, just he's a really great guy, and I I tried to really express that to him when we were there. Just like the thankfulness for the for what he did, oh, driving absolutely. us around and everything. He's a good dude. I mean, I wish he was with us like that first night because we kind of right. when we were trying to figure out like where ground control was and we didn't know where to go <laughs> for dinner and we, we were like kind of walking around aimlessly like yeah i mean the next couple nights like he he drove us to voodoo donuts okay um, but we got to tell that that story right about the drive we will, over we will, we will. I, I'm, I'm just kind of i'm giving my portlandian shout out here and so oh, okay. and then after everybody was gone, I had like a really late flight and he actually like stuck around and like hung out with me. And we, we went back to ground control. And we oh, I didn't know there. that. Yeah, yeah. And we played some games and had a couple beers and the soft pretzels at ground control are fantastic. I, I had two of them. They're oh, wait, so me, good, dude. Let me ask you, though, because yeah. like the first night when we went there, it seemed like people weren't impressed and they just wanted out of there did you enjoy it i think it's a great arcade and i think what i understood is that people wanted to go back to the expo because more vendors had set up oh. and that's why they wanted to rush back okay and so i was like okay you know yeah whatever. 
you know, it probably would be a better place to go to like on Saturday night in the future, just because like last year we all sat around those glowing tables and it was just really fun to just sit and chat and have some drinks right there. It was good environment. And if we wanted to go play like some sunset riders or terminate TMNT, right. You know, I felt was really fun. And this time I was just kind of disappointed. Like people didn't get the vibe. So I'm glad you got to go back and I did. I, I went back and probably spent like another like 20 bucks just playing wow. know, games and like uh, pinball and stuff like that. Um, so a couple other people I want to thank. Um, there's a couple that was there, um, Eric and Melissa, and they, they listened to the show and they just started up a YouTube channel as well. I didn't get to meet Melissa, but I've been kind of talking to her on Facebook a little bit. But Eric, I did meet because I think you pointed me out to him. And so right. he actually came up to me. Like while I was searching around, like in that big wooden shit oh, okay. thing. So that was like early on on Saturday morning. Exactly. Okay. Right. So yeah, I remember him then. So he came up to me and was like, "Oh, uh, hey." He's like, "Are you vintage video game geek?" I'm like, "Yes, I am." <laughs> <laughs> like, do you remember that old Bud Light commercial? Driver, do you have any Bud Light in your vehicle? Yes. And I am Mr. Gallywickich. You mean Doctor Kalakowitz? Yes, I am. You don't remember this? No. Oh man, it's yeah, fantastic. So anyway, when he said that to me, he's like, are, "He's like, are you vintage video game?" I'm like, "Yes, I am." <laughs> and uh, and it was cool because this was like the one moment that I had that like you had like many many moments like this where like you got to meet people and I well, felt like you show your face. Well, or go then, around with a megaphone talking. True, true, true. So it was kind of cool for me and and um so you know chatted with him a little bit and. We were looking looking at games and stuff, and and then the last people I want to thank are um, this couple that we met at the very end on Sunday, Sean and Christy. Just want to thank them for listening to the show, and the <laughs> the way that we kind of met them, I think, was kind of funny. Yeah, it was you, me, and Greg. I think right. Yeah, the three of us. Yeah, we were sitting at, at a, by a little coffee shop right, right in the main hallway. So and they were sitting at a table next to us. Do you remember what we were talking about at the time that they actually, like, uh, Sean leaned over and, and said, hey, hey, guys. No, I don't. Okay. We were talking Uh-oh. about, um, well, it started off because I was telling you guys how I picked up a NES controller and I was going to try to mod oh, it. Oh, yeah. Or the, uh, the PS2 um, so I could play the Mega Man games on the PS2. Right. And so I started talking about this and I was like, so I'm going to take an NES <laughs> controller and I'm going to put the PS2 wires on it. And then somehow that morphed into us like saying, I'm going to take random controllers and do like random things with it. And it was oh. right, around, right around the time when I go and I'm going to take a ColecoVision controller and jam it up your butt. <laughs> and then Sean, right at that moment, leans over and he goes, Hey, are are you guys vintage and Chris? <laughs> I, I think I remember also talking about an N sixty four controller going up there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Poor, I feel bad. He probably was trying to like, out of respect for his wife, to like <laughs> stop stop these guys from saying these horrible things. That's right. That's right. Because dang, that worse. And um, and so that was so cool that he was sitting there and he like 
kind of recognized that it was us and and so we ended up talking to them and and sean showed us pictures of his game room which is amazing like yeah it up on his phone and like you know i like to say that i have this wall of games but this guy had like the great wall of games (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah wall of china like like there's so many people that collect that are not part of YouTube, you know, and they all they all have these amazing collections, and it's just crazy to see it. It was it is a very impressive room. Portlandian, I I, I almost forgot. I had my wish list here, and actually, him and and Ricky from Retro Liberty had given me some gifts, and so I wanna um I wanna say thank you to the Portlandian because he gave me um Doom sixty four. Uh, Metal Gear Solid VR missions on the PS1. Wow. F-16 Fighting Falcon for the Master System. And this is one of those, like, credit card games. Oh, cool. And then lastly, Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence for the PS2. Wow. So, yeah, so wow. thank you, Portlandian. Um, that was fantastic. And, and I definitely, like, I took care of him when we went to um, Ground Control with, like, the games and the beer and stuff like Very that. Very cool. And uh, and also, thank you, Ricky, who actually made good on uh, a couple of the games that I had asked him and Aaron about. Uh, he actually brought Street Fighter II uh, for the SNES Outrun 2019 for Genesis and Road Rash on the PS1. So thank you, Ricky. Uh, I've actually got a package ready to go for him. What I'm giving him is all three Akari Warriors for the NES, and two of them are are in box. Wow. And then I'm also giving him um, a Master System game, uh, Complete It's World Grand Prix. It's kind of like pole position for the Master System. Yeah, I think that is more than more than awesome what you're giving him. So yeah, yeah. So back over to you, Chris. Yeah, you know, um, I just wanted to say a few things about some of the people that I met there too. Um, you you touched on a lot of them, but uh, the first thing that I have to say is Terry and Tyler Luigi Freakout. I am completely like blown away by the way that they took care of us. Um, mm-hmm. Not only with sending asking Robert to come pick us up, but once we got there. In their booth, they set up a section where we could, you know, if we're tired of walking around, we just want to hang out. People come up and talk to us. They set up a TV with some systems. They had drinks. They had some snacks. Walking I, I, around, I didn't see that. Dude, well, I didn't you didn't get any go, snacks. You could have. It was there. What? You could have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really awesome. Um, that I mean, just what that they thought about us that way. What, what, uh, I, I don't What kind remember. of drinks? It was just like sodas. Like the little one liters or, or whatever. But just the fact that they were thinking about us and, and trying to take care of us, it was so awesome. And, you know, I ended up having a panel there. You don't, and remember, a big, you don't remember what a big kind part, of snacks. They... Hold on. I didn't take any snacks. He just said that there were. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't end up taking them. Yeah, well, with the panel, he actually is the one who talked to Chuck Van Pelt and, and said, you know, you got to get, like, these guys on a panel because they'd be, you know, I know their channels. They'd be enjoyable, funny people. And so he kind of was behind that. Actually, not kind of. He was behind that. Well, so, you guys, let's talk about the panel because that was awesome. You know, I'm curious what people think. I talked to Metal Jesus a little bit about it. I guess he ended up talking about it on uh, All Gen Gamers. And he said that it was really funny, which is really nice to hear because I don't know what it's like. I was kind of nervous. The night before, I slept an hour and a half and I was <laughs> not sure if I was going to make it. 
Uh, no, you, you guys did great. Um, you know, you, you did 15 minute Q&A kind of a thing. And then the rest of it was the music challenge, right? So it was like name that video game tune or whatever. I mean, there was a huge lineup. Oh, there yeah. Ha- there had to have been like 30, 40 people that got in line. Well, we, we gave away yeah. 45 games. Oh, yeah. And we had some people who didn't get it right. So at least 60 people probably, or, or maybe some of the same people came through, I think. But And they were really sure. good games, too. I mean, they weren't we like, tried. you know, it wasn't like uh, Super Mario Duck Hunt. I mean, I mean, they were really good games. Some of them were in box. and Yeah. yeah. No, there's no question. Like, uh, basically, it was, it was me and Aaron and Ricky and Greg. And uh, we all brought 10 to 15 games and we wanted to bring things that were great so there were a lot of boxed games i was pretty proud of the stuff that we put together yes uh, some of the stuff i saw out there like you know there was a boxed tecmo bowl mm-hmm. complete and i saw that on the show floor selling for almost 20 bucks you know you know yeah. but we gave that away because someone guessed a song yep and we wanted to be big in that way we wanted to say guys we are giving away legit prizes we took some pictures and tweeted it out we wanted it to be a memorable highlight to their show. Some people have messaged me through YouTube and said that it was a highlight of their entire weekend at Portland. And I, that really made me happy. That's you know, We gave away a GoldenEye. And I forget who got it, but he was so happy. He'd wanted that game, and he mm-hmm. was so happy that he got it. So that kind of thing is just really awesome. Yep. But yeah, aside from the, the panel, um, you know, I met on the floor uh, Kevin. And he's the guy who, in one of our earlier episodes, asked the question about if you're stranded on a desert island and we played the Twilight Zone music, right? Yep, yep. We, we talked for like almost an hour, just we're chatting, hanging out. Wow. And I mentioned in passing how I, when I was a kid, I had the gray cartridge Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I ended up giving it to my brother along with a Game Boy. So I never got one back. I just, I would see him, but they'd always have something wrong with the label. So I never picked one up. But, I see him a few hours later on the show floor, and he says, you know what? I just wanted to give you this. And it was a boxed copy of Link's Awakening. And I was so humbled that just to say something in passing and for someone to think of me, man, what a great guy. Those kind of moments, not getting, not getting something, but just hanging out with people, that was the best part of the show to me. And so I don't remember everyone's YouTube name. I don't remember everybody's even face, but I, I remember like as I met people, I wrote down notes in my iPhone because I wanted to thank them. I, Adam, uh, then there's Dave and Jeremy, which, you know, I, I got to hang out with Dave and Jeremy quite a bit. We had breakfast with them. Yep. Um, we went many places with them. They're just really good guys. It, I, it was nice to sit and talk with them. Ryan, who has the channel Digital Rhino 8. And then I met a really cool couple. Um, they wanted to take a picture with me, which was so crazy to hear, but... I ended up talking with them for about a half hour, 45 minutes, too. And I, I want to say their names were Michael and Melissa. But I know that was M&M, but I'm not entirely sure. And then there was another couple, again, an R and R. I think it was Robert and Rebecca. But it was just cool to meet these people. Of course, SNES Man, who I'd watched his videos. He has yep. this cool little song where he sings. He was just such a, like a friendly, positive guy. I just really liked hanging out with him. I, I tweeted to him, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to talk more because I think he would have been really a good dude to hang out with. Yeah, just he was. The, and the I, nature of the show is yeah. just crazy. He, he he was. And I asked him to, like, to come out with us some more, but he, actually his brother lives in town. So he, uh. he went off to like hang out with his brother for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got to see him on Saturday and a little bit on Sunday. You know, hopefully he'll come yeah. out next year. 
Oh, yeah. He's from Oregon, so. Yeah, he's he's in the neighborhood, so he should be back. And then a couple more real quick. Uh, Raptor Bandito and Prime, I don't know how to say that, Prime Ultimus, maybe? You know, I do have one thing to say to you, though, Vintage. Yeah. In episode one, <laughs> you promised, and I actually time-indexed it so that you could maybe take that pit, like little bit and put it in the show now. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But you promised to buy me something really great. And so, yeah, I think I bought off of you Blaster Master 2 for the Genesis and Blaster Master you know, Board. Yeah, before you say too much about this buying things off me, it makes yeah. it sound like I'm trying to, like, like make money off you or something. But I gave you a bro discount. Absolutely. And I also, Huge I also brought over... I also brought over, uh, when I came to your house, I brought over, like, Conker's Bad Fur Day. And I, I didn't ask for money. That's right. I gave it to you, bro. Uh, you are the man. You are very generous. <laughs> and what did I do? I think when you were here, I made you buy... Yeah, you made me buy Virtua Racing. I made you buy Virtua Racing for the I Genesis. also bought Beetle Adventure Racing for you that day. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I definitely owe you. I'll, 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 I'll hook you up with something good in Portland. How about that? Sounds good. Or maybe I'll take you to McDonald's, one or the other. Do I so I can buy something? Um, does it have to be dollar menu? Um, Do I get two things on the dollar menu? <laughs> yes, you can, but you have to get a water cup. <laughs> I, I believe if we play the clip, there wasn't there was an or to that or, or a McDonald's dollar yes. menu. and. And what did I do? I bought oh, you Denny's breakfast. No, you did. You did buy me stuff. And I, I was <laughs> so I, was I actually, I actually one up to myself by buying was, you the Denny's. Well, not only did you buy me Denny's, but you also bought me Starbucks that morning. That's true. And you know, if you hadn't bought me Starbucks, uh-huh. I don't know if I would have had the energy to do that panel. It was that was all part of my plan. So it was cool. You know, that morning, <laughs> that morning, uh, we we went out to starbucks and we we sat and talked about real life which is always nice and we tried to take a picture i think we took seven attempts to take a picture <laughs> yeah well everyone yeah. we were like yeah, i don't like that one right yeah, i don't like that one but you yeah. know we just shot the breeze and talked and then we went and met some people for breakfast so that was cool yes and you bought me you bought me breakfast and i made sure i went deluxe Look, I realize that I am behind in terms of gaming gifts to you. Um, and, and all I'll say in my defense is that uh, I've, I've fallen on some difficult financial oh. times in the last couple of weeks and months. Uh, but hoping to, hoping to make it up to you. Uh, Dude. Christmas time. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> messing with you. In fact, I know you are, but I actually do have your Christmas present. I already got. Ooh, really? Yeah. I. It's it's something I that I had to special order. Wow. And so it actually came. It's a I love vintage video game geek shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but it's something that I think you'll you'll enjoy, and it, it kind of it does relate to the show actually. Uh, so it, it's it's good. It's a, it's a very thoughtful gift that I hope you'll like. And uh, and so oh, we're gonna do this thing in December where we're gonna like send each other Christmas gifts and like open them on the air. Absolutely. Yeah. So that'll be a fun time. And I know what I want to get you. Okay. I, I have things in mind. I just... <laughs> no, I I have to say one other thing. You know, you mentioned Ricky bringing you that um those games. When I went and visited Ricky the um few weeks ago, uh, we played a game called Firepower Two Thousand, and it, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, And I said, I got to find this in Portland. Well, I get there, 
And the first thing he does is he pulls it out and he's like, dude, I just want to give this to you. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. He's so very cool. Um, I mean, very Aaron cool. and Ricky. I mean, so, I mean, there's just a ton of guys and gals that we got to hang out with. I mean, Aaron and Ricky. Oh, and Chris. Man. Chris came, right, their cameraman. He's such a cool dude. Very I just chill. Sat, like, we sat at, at yeah. when we went out on, I think it was Saturday night, we went to, like, a little pub place. I forget what that was called. Do you remember Mc, what that was Mc, called? McMenamins, I think. Yeah, McMenamins. Like yeah. But, yeah, I just sat in a booth, just me and Chris pretty much, um, mm-hmm. talked, you know, about real, real life. It was yeah. good. Yeah. This, I really like him. I was looking forward to seeing him. You know, I've I've hung out with him a little bit down here, but I was looking forward to going there to hang out with him. And I, I really want to meet up with him. Uh, I know. I saw, I saw that you were tweeting at him, and I think maybe you have a little bit of a man crush on him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, no. I mean, is okay. I mean, he's, he's, <clears throat> I, no, he's I kind of like him, too. He's just a... <laughs> He's no, just he, a good dude. Like we yeah. have a lot in common about life, and so yeah. But, and he went to Voodoo Donuts with us. He did. Oh, yes. do you want to talk about the donut thing, or do you, we? Which we thing? probably shouldn't, right? <laughs> no, let's just talk about this though. Okay. That when the Portlandian was driving us, he's like, "Oh, it's really close," and he starts driving us through these weird like neighborhoods, and oh, it's getting that, yeah. darker and. Uh, there's a lot of trees in Portland, which I'm not really used to in Southern California. But so we're driving through this weird wooded neighborhoods and, and like there's trash in the streets. And like, where is he taking us? You know, is he going to kill us and dump our bodies? Like, what's he go? What's going on? We were, kind you know, of we were just joking, joking around like, about it, we but like joking. kind of at the same time, like not joking. Like, because, <laughs> you know, we really don't know this guy. I mean, seems like a cool guy, but he was the first day I'd met him. Right, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, he ended up, he was just explained to us, like, there's a lot of one-way streets and, and you know, so in order to get left, you have to turn right three times. Right. Yeah. And and, and so the Voodoo Donuts we went to was like not the main one. It was actually this, a secondary yeah, Voodoo. Yeah, Voodoo 2. Right. So it was a little bit out of the way. Um, but yeah, it was all good. I mean, we're here and we had a great time. <laughs> we had yeah. excellent donuts. I had the... Uh, peep donut which was so like good oh yes i wanted to eat more but i already like i think i put on like 10 pounds that weekend wow yeah <laughs> well we brought those back though to that pub and so i mean we shared them yeah. with a lot of people it wouldn't have been probably cool to eat too yeah and i want to thank um the portlandian and chris cameraman chris because they actually bought the donuts for everybody so that was awesome too um so definitely like hanging out with people so you know aaron and ricky greg from arcade impossible snes man uh game straighty one showed up you know on saturday like kind of afternoon ended up meeting us for lunch uh which was cool um we hung out a lot with uh happy console gamer and and his wife kim and they are just an awesome couple (laughs) i mean we had so much fun Uh, yeah it was so great, you know, to, to be able to, you know, finally meet Johnny and I've been talking to him so long on, on YouTube and, and he's just genuine guy and yeah, you know, obviously a, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, he, he got obsessed with the shirt I was wearing. He kept, <laughs> he kept saying he wanted my shirt it was, it was a and nice I was shirt, it, but I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> like he actually scared me at one point mm. and I like went upstairs and I got like a jacket. <laughs> 
that he would not touch my shirt anymore. Yeah, but yeah. and then he like when we get back, he he texted me. He's like, I like your shirt. So I sent him a picture. <laughs> here, here, you can have a picture of the shirt. And then he put on Facebook that he liked my shirt. It was just like everywhere. I don't know. Maybe I should get him one and just like I, be yeah. done with it. I think he really <laughs> likes your shirt. I think that's what yeah that's about. So, but I, yeah. So I I got to see him and he he gave me half of my prize because i actually won this t-shirt contest yeah. and i joked the about it t-shirt contest. <laughs> no, no i joked about it like in the pickups video that you know he did this contest like 10 years ago and it really wasn't that long ago it was more like three or four years you know i bought his t-shirt and then he had this contest where you take a picture of yourself with the t-shirt and then you know your name goes in the hat and so, like, they drew my name. You know, it was a video that he did with Rob Mann and Kim. And they picked my name for the second prize. So I got um, a copy of the movie, which uh, is coming out, I believe, in the next week or two. So I didn't get it yet. <laughs> but I also got a copy of this Dreamcast game called Gun Lord. And it's awesome. so fun. Like, I, I popped it and I played it for probably an hour the other day. Now, is and, that that's like a side-scrolling platformer? But yes, right? but you, you're, you, you've got guns that are like insane, right? You would love this, Chris. Oh, I know I would. I've seen me, footage. Yeah, it reminded me so much of Super Metroid, but like oh. on steroids. Maybe like Turrican. I haven't played that. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I have seen footage of it. It's so and it awesome. does look really, really cool. Yeah, you, you got to check it out. I don't know uh, how you even get it or whatever. Yeah. You probably can. It's probably a buttload of money. But um, so thank you, Johnny, for that. And thank you for, you know, hanging out with us. And we got to hang out with Billy and Jay. Like I said, you know, they, uh, you know. Name dropper. Yes, name dropping. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, look, we know these guys and they're just regular guys. And so are we. And it was just, we were just hanging out and talking and being stupid. And it, it was a fun time. And so we, we hung out with them like that first night, Friday night. Like I said, you know, had a couple ciders, hung out with Eric, you know, 8-Bit Eric, and they showed up at McMenamin's, you know, Saturday night, so we hung out there for a little bit, and Metal Jesus you know, was there. Which yeah, was and Drunken Master Paul, yeah, yeah. him, he's a great dude. Yeah, I want to say about Alpha Omega Sin. Oh, yes! You know, oh, because, to be honest, having watched some of his rants and, and whatnot, I, was, I wasn't sure who, what he would be like <laughs> in real life, you yeah. know? I didn't know. Yeah. But oh my gosh, the first thing he said to me, like he opened the door when I came to Billy and Jay's room and he's like, you thirsty? Yeah. And he's just so like, he like invited me in and he, he like showed me the drinks and he's like, what do you want? And he was fishing around through the thing for me, asking me what I wanted. He was just such an awesome, he's just a good guy. And Absolutely. the way he rants on his videos, he can slip into that anytime Oh yeah. about any topic. And it was so funny to see that just, you know, talking about anything and he'd have a rant. It was so Good. great. It was so great to just kick back with all those guys, and I mean, there was there was so much bonding that was happening, you know, yeah. that whole weekend. I know we could go on forever, but I have to talk about Greg. Oh yeah, Greg is one of my closest friends. Like outside of the podcast, we talk all the time. Yep. and like I haven't talked about him here, not because I'm like not talking about him, but. Because I th he's one of my closest friends, I'm not really thinking about, oh, and I saw Greg. I mean, I spent a lot of time. We hung out with him the entire time, pretty much. What can I say? He's so laid back and, and awesome <laughs> and funny. He really is. And he, he really has, is one yeah. of my closest friends. Like, I talked to him this week. I probably talked to him 10 hours. No joke. Jeez. 
Yeah, we're really close. What I love about Greg is he has like the driest sense of humor. Like it's <laughs> it's just so hilarious. And we hung out quite a bit. In fact, uh, we played a lot of arcade games together. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but the best part of all was we played um, two player joust together. Uh, there was like a sit down cabinet, like a cocktail joust. And so we sat down there and uh, we had the best time. Like we played versus first and he like kicked my butt, of course. And and then we did co-op mode and we went pretty far. Actually, we played it for a good like 20 minutes. And wow. I, actually, I actually went farther than him, I, I think. I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I went farther than him in co-op. <laughs> so that was a great memory. So, wow. What else can we say about Portland except that anyone who hasn't gone, uh, if you possibly can, you've got about a year to save up for this. Yeah. And if it at all interests you, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to big time you. If you see us, we're going to talk to you. You know, you, we, we're just people. And so please come check it out. Hang out with us. Absolutely. Buy games. I, you won't. If you like retro games, if you're listening to this, you oh, wouldn't yeah. regret it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, check out our pickup videos. I mean, I, there's so many vendors, and I think we got some decent deals, quite honestly. Oh, I do too. You know, I, like, I, I crossed off quite a few games off my list, and I know that you picked up a lot of TG-16 games. I sure did. And, you know, like, having look, looking at it now, you know, three games I got from one vendor. I, I got Air Zonk, Superstar Soldier, and Devil's Crush on TG-16. And these three games go for kind of a lot but i got all three of them for 90 dollars, which sounds like a lot but dude that's pretty good like this should have been closer to 150 but anyway how, how about we go to the next segment okay so um it's time for the mailbag it's time for the mailbag that's when we look at the mail in the fake bag as I said earlier, we have four audio questions, and I think that's probably going to take up the entire segment. So yeah. let's jump right into the first one. This comes to us from Retro Renegade, and it was sent to us on August 23rd. Hey guys, Retro Renegade here, and I got a couple questions for you. If you could make a good superhero game, which superhero would you choose, and on what console would you make it for? A second question is, what do you consider to be your best game find? Finally, which character do you always choose to play as on when you play Super Smash Brothers? Okay, so so when I was a little kid, one of my favorite superheroes was someone you don't hear much about, but Mighty Mouse. Definitely. A Mighty Mouse, he's just such a cool little character. He's really feisty. And, you know, he's obviously like a Superman rip in a lot of ways. He oh, can yeah. fly. He's invincible. Right. You know, they even at times try to do a little bit of x-ray vision and stuff. But he wasn't exactly like Superman. He he would fight a lot with his fists. He was really scrappy in that way. And I think that as a platformer, maybe on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. that would be really cool to have this little scrappy fighter who just beats the crap out of people like with super fast punches. And there was another thing in the show where at times when he would fly, he would leave, leave like a trail of red behind him, almost like Tron, and it would actually take on substance. Now, I don't know exactly what a developer would do with that, but I could imagine some interesting platforming things where you make that tail have substance and you can use it to then get, I don't know, I don't know how it could be used. But it just seems like there might be some interesting components to that. Mm-hmm. But just the overall, the look that cartoon look it would be a really fun game to be playing i think 
What about you? Yeah, love that cartoon when I was a kid. Um, so for me, I I immediately thought of the the show on NBC called Heroes. Uh, it came out like a few years ago, and it it had like a few seasons. Like in my opinion, really, the first season was the best season. Oh, absolutely. And after that, it kind of like went well, downhill. The, the second season is when they had the writer strike. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what killed it. And after that, they could never recapture. The no. first season was so good, though. It, it was perfect. In fact, I, I have the first season on, on DVD, and, and that's it. Like, I don't even care to go beyond that. Um, and there's still to this day. Yeah. Still to this day, I don't understand how. Who was Peter's brother, the guy that could fly? Nathan. Nathan. Nathan Petrelli. Yeah. Still to this day, I do not know how he recovered from being shot. Do, do you remember this at the end of like season two, like evil Peter from the future comes back and shoots. Nathan I don't remember right before he can announce that he has superpowers. Like Peter from the future comes back and shoots him. And then he goes in the hospital and then all of a sudden, like he's hallucinating that he saw one of the bad guys from the first season. And then all of a sudden he's just better. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Strike. Terrible. But anyway, the first season was fantastic. And so, and there were rumors that maybe there was a game in development. It might have been for like the PS2 or the PS3, but I think it ended what up would, getting canceled. What would that even look like? Well, I, I pictured as like kind of like a like an action adventure like type of a game where you play as Peter Petrelli. And you know how Peter's thing was that he would go around and, like, if he got near somebody that had a power, he would, like, mimic their power. And then later on, he learned how to control it so he could, like, pull up anybody's power that he, that he had acquired. Oh. So I think it would be cool if you start out as Peter and each oh. level you pick up, like, a new power. Almost like Mega Man. Right. And so, like, the first power in the show that he picks up is Nathan's flight ability. And then throughout the series, you know, he picks up all these powers. And meanwhile, you have Siler, played by the guy that plays Spock. Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Then you have Siler, who goes around, like, eating people's brains or whatever. They never even really explain how. Yeah, he just sliced the top of their head off, and then he would have their power. Somehow he would look into their brain, and he would know how the power would work. Because he was like a watchmaker, right? He had this sort of understanding of the mechanics, and so good of an understanding of the mechanics that he could rewire his own brain by looking at someone else's. Yeah, I think that was kind kind of of a lame premise, but okay. And, and and later on, they actually made a joke because a lot of people on the internet were like speculating, like, how does he do it? Does he eat their brain or whatever? And they they made a joke in one of the later seasons where actually when he gets the cheerleader and he's going to take her power, he cuts her the top of her head off and she's like, are you going to eat my brain? And he's like, don't be ridiculous. That would be disgusting. And then he just kind of comes up to her and he looks at her brain and then he's like, Okay, all done. And then he just kind of walks off. And she heals, right? Right. So. And of course, her, yeah, she puts like the top of her head back on or something like that and it heals itself. But anyway, I think that would be an awesome game. That yeah, I the play. premise of, of him, uh, of Peter getting the powers, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And then at the end of it, it culminates in the boss fight with, you know, Siler, you know, at the end in like New York City and 
blah, blah, blah. Interesting. So number two, he asked about our best game find. And I'm pretty sure we already had this question. We, we did. We did. And, you know, uh, we can just say real quickly. Yeah. You know, mine was DuckTales 2. I got it for $5 at a, at a swap meet. And mine was Super Mario RPG, $1 at Goodwill. Wow. Very good. Yes. <laughs> the last question, though, right, about Smash Brothers. Um, you know, I've never really been, been a really big Smash Brothers fan. I played it a lot on Nintendo 64, and I did. Um, I played it to a lot on GameCube. But honestly, uh, it was more about just playing it with my son. It wasn't that I liked it myself and i know people freak out like i it's not even on my top 20 nintendo 64 games um i hear all the time we're smash brothers you hate smash Brothers." well yeah kind of <laughs> well, well, you don't even remember like what characters you would play as well i th- i would choose link um sometimes i would choose samus okay but yeah it wasn't like i didn't master any character right what about you well, I owned this game for all of about like 10 minutes or so. I, I had picked it up at a flea market for like two bucks or three bucks. And it's actually in one of my old pickup videos. Yeah, that's a on, pretty good deal. On too. YouTube. Yeah. I got like five of five N64 games for like 10 bucks. And I, I did give it a go. I, I popped it in and I kind of played it for a while. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't really see the appeal to this. I mean, for me personally. And well, and I the just, 64. Yeah version has really not aged well yeah i just i just decided the series wasn't for me so i i went and flipped it on ebay and i think i ended up getting like 30 bucks or something like that at the time and this was like a couple years ago well cool uh, the second question it was given to us on uh september 21st and it's from rom vox i like that name rom vox Hey guys, what's up? Oh geez, I'm sorry, you're doing your podcast now, aren't you? My bad, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll get out of your hair. Oh, hang on, are you doing the question part now? Sorry, can I sit here real quick? You know, when we were kids, we got to see some of our favorite franchises like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman, and most of the Disney Afternoon adapted into video games. But there were a whole lot more that never made it to our home consoles. What TV shows, comics, or movies from your childhood have you always wanted to see turned into a video game? Be sure to consider the system, genre, and game mechanics. Oh, hang on, hang on, one more, one more. Now that the internet has revealed all the games that were exclusive to Japan back in the day, are there any retro Japanese games that you want to add to your collection? That's it, guys. Sorry to take so much of your time. I'm out of here. I got work to do. Phaser bank's overheating. Shields are down. You know how it goes. Catch you guys later. <laughs> okay, I just I just love this this question. It's so cool just because it has Star Trek sound effects. In it. <laughs> yeah. So, Rom, I uh, thank you for putting the amount of effort and time that you did into the the question. It sounds awesome, and and they're very good questions. Actually. Yeah, it was <laughs> that, that question is like the most developed. Like that could be an episode of something on YouTube. So when he sent us the actual file, like the name of the file is Retro Rejects Podcast Question Trek Theme Final dot MP3, <laughs> which implies that like this is like the final version. Like there were other versions before this, but this was like the perfect version that was right. ready to send. So yeah. So awesome. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, he asked, you know, what TV shows or comics or you know, stuff from our childhood that we always wanted to see as a video game. And right away, I thought of 
mask, mobile armored strike command. Now, I will say, and you true mask geeks out there will know this, that there were some games that came out for the Commodore 64. I believe there were three mask type games, but they were garbage. And I went out looking for them and I actually found some and I I tried to emulate them and I couldn't get them to work. But just from the screenshots, they looked pretty bad. So I'm going to say that doesn't count. So what I would (laughs) love to see, of course, I would have loved to see some kind of like a like a rebirth of mask, like how they kind of have brought back a lot of these old toys like, you know. Like, Chris, I think you're going to talk about one, but, (laughs) you know, like they've brought back, you know, a lot of things and I would have loved to see this come back. And um, so if you don't know, Mask uh, is about basically these guys, there's good, the good guys and the bad guys, and they, they each have a different mask that has like a different power. And they also have these vehicles that transform kind of into other things. So, you know, the main good guys named Matt Tracker. And, and um, he has this car, it's a Camaro, and it kind of turns into like an airplane type of a thing. Some vehicles just, they don't really turn into anything, but like they get huge guns that come out of them and it's pretty cool. So I would love to see a game. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go again on the PS2. Alternating stages with platforming where you're the character with the mask and you have to like use your special weapon and stuff and you're jumping around, you know, through levels or whatever. And then also vehicle stages where, you know, you get into your vehicle and, you know, you, you take off or you drive off and it's like a 3d type of a thing where you can like switch the views. You can go from like a third person to like a first person view. So Um, are you sure you don't want it to just be like Scott writing T-Bob? (laughs) <laughs> the whole game oh yeah that that, that should be like an, uh, that would be like an unlockable you know like you no, unlock you just T-Bob. yeah just move uh, you know to the right constantly and just jump over pits <laughs> yeah right but uh i think it could be it could be awesome i mean you could have like two campaigns you could have like the mass campaign and the venom campaign and i mean there's so much you could do for this i mean you could even bring this to the current gen i can even see this being like an awesome multiplayer game you know with like the vehicles and you could have like these epic battles yeah that's where it's at to me like yeah. the vehicles man i yeah. think a vehicular combat game where they could change, like you have a, a massive open world where you would need to change your vehicle's abilities at times. Right. I think that would be fun. An on, I know you're probably not into online, but it would be cool. No. But but you have to say. I mean, but I I I, I, I do say cool. I do say that 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 yeah. I think it would be fun for others. And in you know because it's a mask. I mean, who knows? I might I might even get online and play. <laughs> but wow. you know, I, I can say that because we'll never see this game. That is true. <laughs> You're very right there. Yeah. Uh, so for me, um, you know, I'm a diehard Transformers fan, and I recognize that there have been Transformer games over the years, but let's face it, uh, 99% of them are steaming piles of crap. Um, um, yeah, I can't really think. Well, I think the the newer ones. Yeah, the War for out. Cybertron series. Yeah. There, there had been, you know, some people really swear by them. I actually yeah. haven't tried any of them. Yeah. But, like, seriously, you... Um, any of the games based on Beast Wars, not impressed. Uh, the earlier games, like on the Nintendo, the, even like the the one in Japan, yep. it's just such a shame that something that 
was as massive in popular culture as Transformers was right in the heart of Nintendo's heyday. Yeah. How could they not have done a good Transformers game? This is like a no-brainer. If this happened today, I agree. It wouldn't be that way. I know, I know. How I mean, how do you mess up such an awesome premise as cars that turn into robots and vice versa? I mean, how do you mess that up? Well, yeah. on the other hand though, it is kind of hard to think of a good concept for why you would need to transform back and forth. Well, being I, a robot, okay. shooting, that's great. I don't know, being a car, what does that just help you get to another place faster? Well, Could I, you do sort of like a crazy taxi kind of race to the spot because you have to fight the Decepticons or something's happening over there? I don't know what exactly it would be. Well, yeah, and I think they might do this a little bit on some of the PS2 games, but I think maybe in order to access certain areas, like you would need to transform into a car and like make this huge jump that you wouldn't be able to make as a right. robot. Right. You know? Yeah. Things like that. And I think like what you said, the time type of a thing, like a time trial where, yeah, you only have 60 seconds to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Or they're going to be, or the Decepticons will destroy the, yeah. you know, or get the Energon. Yeah. It could be done. I just think that how could they have dropped the ball, but they did drop the ball, you know? Big Whatever. Time. Big time. And for the second question, what retro Japanese games would you have liked to have seen or get in your collection now, I should say? I actually don't have any for the Japanese systems that I want, but there are a couple games that I want that are from the UK. So like okay. PAL, PAL games. I'm thinking of two games that came out on the Sega Master System over in Europe. They're OutRun Europa. And Battle Outrun. I'm a big fan, actually, of, of Sega and of the Outrun franchise in general. And so these are two games that are on my want list, along with Outrun 3D. You know, I have to confess, I have never played this. You never what? played, you never played any, Outrun? Any Outrun. Get out of here. You, you never I, played Outrun no, in, the, in so, the arcade, even? Is this a motorcycle game? Oh, no. <laughs> no. You no, drive a you drive a red Ferrari, bro. Dude, I've never played it. I feel like it's such like, a noob right now. It's like the quintessential like Sega driving game. I mean, it's it's. Oh, I never played it. Yeah, I am totally a master system like novice. I know nothing. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Outrun. It's you drive a car. You usually have like a chick in the car with you, and you have your arm around her, and you can play tunes on the radio. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You can, like, change the music as you're driving. That's, wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a, one of those great arcade games, and, you know, they've ported it to, like, lots of different consoles, and there's lots of different ones that came out. Like, I mean, I mentioned earlier OutRun 2019, which is, you know, kind of like OutRun in the future, and it's actually pretty fun. I played it for a while the other day. You hold down, like, the... Um, accelerator button and you go like crazy fast like if you keep holding it down and you know you don't like hit anything or whatever like you can go like 600 miles per hour and it just it, it wow. really shows off and it's it's an early genesis title and it really shows off you know kind of what can be done with the hardware like think of like the speed of sonic the hedgehog only like in you know you're doing like a 3d kind of into the screen type of an effect so what about you you do you have yeah, well, uh, japanese stuff yeah absolutely i mean the first thing i want to say is the having get, gotten into 
TurboGrafx-16, it is very disappointing that PC Engine games didn't come over here. And I don't even honestly have any specifics that come to mind because I'm kind of new to the TurboGrafx PC Engine world. But I was looking at a list the other day at how many shooters did not come out here. And it's frustrating because there's some good stuff. And I know you can get a converter or you could just get a system and play it. But yeah, I just wish that more of them had, had gone to the TurboGrafx. But aside from that, uh, there's a lot of games on Super Nintendo. And uh, I would look at top 10 Japan only games or you know Europe only games and the three games that always came to mind that I really was interested in are King of Demons which I fortunately was able to pick up this year which is like a side scrolling almost like Castlevania but you shoot projectile weapons so it's kind of like Castlevania meets Contra a little bit it looks very cool I've watched some videos I haven't actually got a chance to play it yet but it looks really awesome another one is actually one I did pick up last year Terranigma which is uh, in the same series as Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia. And so that's an action RPG. You're you know, actually swinging your weapon. You know, that's awesome. And the third one is a game called The Fireman, which is it's a strange concept, but you know, there's burning buildings and you have to put out the fires. But it just looks really cool. And so all three of these, they actually had The Fireman in Portland also as a repro. All three of these are have been released as repros. So you can get them. They're going to uh. run about 60 bucks each. Yeah. But, you know, there's no other way to get them. If you wanted a copy of Terranigma that was in English, you'd have to get one that was released in Europe. And it's a lot of money. You know, more than 60 bucks. So it's cool that we can get them. And I have picked them up. So I'm, um, I have added two of them to my collection. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. Thank you. That was a great question, by the way. Both of them great questions. <clears throat> hey, Vintage. Hey, Chris. Uh, it's Tank Griffin. I have a question for each of you guys. Um, first, Vintage, um, you and I have talked before about Streets of Rage. We both agree that it's a great game. Um, other than Streets of Rage, what other games do you play for the Genesis? Um, me, for example, I enjoy Mortal Kombat 1, Contra Hardcore, Sunset Riders, and uh, Fatal Fury 2. Chris, um, my question for you is, um, I was at a reseller shop the other day, and I saw eight Super Game Boys all lined up. Um, I wasn't sure how much they were, um, but you know how much they can go for. My question for you is, would it have been worth it to get one, depending on the price? Thank you, guys. Thanks, Tank. Or Thank you. <sighs> uh, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we've used this joke so many times. Uh, Tank I can't is a, resist. Yeah, Tank is a is a really good fan of the show, and he always comments on all of the videos and what. And I always I always tank him. Right, and yeah, and we say thank you and ha ha ha. It's it's yeah, it's really bad. But uh, <laughs> seriously, thanks Tank for sending in this audio question, and uh, absolutely um, love Streets of Rage. I uh, would love to see that kind of make a comeback here in the current gen. I wouldn't buy it, but I'd like to see it come back. Uh, but other games that I like on the Genesis um, are, you know, Golden Axe. I have to mention, you know, one and two are just excellent, very fun, cooperative beat 'em ups. The third one, I think, only came out in Japan. I actually do have it. It's not that good. Um, you can also play it on one of the Sega collection. <laughs> another another uh, series that I like on Genesis is the Jurassic Park games. So there's two of them. There's just Jurassic Park, and then there's the Rampage edition. 
And these are different than the ones that are on the Super Nintendo. Have you played the Super Nintendo version, Chris? Um, I don't know. No, they're not good. They're they're kind of like these. So. It's kind, they're kind of like isometric. And, you know what? I have actually tried them. Uh, these. Yeah, not not impressed. They're not. <laughs> um, no, the Genesis ones are much better. They're straight up two D platforming. The graphics are so much better. Um, love those games. I think they're pretty underrated games, actually. And then the last one that I want to mention um, is a game called Alicia Dragoon. And I first heard about this game from Pat, the NES punk, actually, uh, back in the day. And it's a game where you play the sorceress and you have these magic powers and you kind of go around. It's a platformer and you're shooting lightning out of your hands. And it's very cool. It's 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 hard to describe, but you know it's it's a it's a good game. It's an early game for the Genesis, but you know the colors are great, the music is good, controls are good. It's kind of like a underrated gem in my opinion. Uh, so I w- I would recommend that one. So Chris, how about yourself? You you have a question? Yeah, well the question addressed to me about Super Game Boy. You know, absolutely Super Game Boy is worth getting. You know what? I was thinking about this because the Retron Five is about to come out and it plays every Game Boy game also. So if this, I mean, if it's more about you being able to play the games on your TV, then maybe the Retron 5 is a way to go. Uh, it's supposed to only be like $100, and it plays everything on a HD. Right. So I plan on picking it up as soon as it comes out. But the Super Game Boy, I mean, if you want it for your collection, yeah, go for it. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cheap, really, to pick up nowadays, right? I think I saw a boxed one at Portland for like 15 bucks. Yeah. So, I I'm, mean, I imagine you can get one for $5. Probably. I mean, there's so many options. I mean, Nintendo did a really great job in this regard. I mean, they also have the Game Boy Player for the GameCube, which is really cool because it plays Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance right. games as well, and you can play those on your TV, so... A lot of options for you, but it's definitely cool to play your handheld games on a TV. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm seriously looking forward to Retron Five for that reason. I have a ton of game of handheld games, and it will be fun to put them on the big big screen. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait for the Retron Four to come out. Well, then you will be waiting a long time. <laughs> in silent protest. I guess so. <laughs> And so the last question is from Mark M. He gave this to us just today, (laughs) so on uh, October 17th, and let's roll it. Hello there. I'd like to know if you guys remember the show Greatest American Hero. I do believe it came out sometime in the 80s. I don't remember exactly when, but I'd like to know if you guys remember the show, if you guys enjoyed it, any thoughts or memories from it. It was a pretty good show, if I remember. Also, like to know how my fake British accent is doing, as in honor of NES Complex, I've been working on it. I'm actually from Baltimore, Maryland. Anyway, love the show, big fan. Keep up the good work. Cheerio. Okay, thank you, Mark, and thank you for that fake British accent, Chris. I, you're yeah, kind was, of yeah, you're the resident expert here. What yeah, that, you, that, that was about? it's funny because uh, we listened to this question actually both of us together the first time and uh and i thought you were british i was like oh that's awesome guys from england i was fooled totally fooled yeah baltimore so absolutely um i do remember the show (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, and it actually ran um, for three seasons uh, on ABC uh, back in 1981 to 1983. And so I do remember this coming up on television and watching it a few times and just thinking, you know, this guy is the goofiest guy. Uh <laughs> Like kind of like a uh, like a bumbling kind of idiot with like superpowers, <laughs> right? But I don't know. Do you want to talk about the premise of the show? Well, basically, I don't think that the guy himself was, but a, a space like a suit comes from outer space right. that has these powers. He puts on the suit and he has no idea how to control the powers. Right. So it's not so much that he's bumbling. But he's out of his league. What do you do? This thing's from outer space and it has powers. So he's trying to learn what it does. He doesn't know. It's like they lost the instruction manual. Seriously. <laughs> that, I, I think that's actually the premise. But, I, but he's, kind of a, he's kind of a nerd, though. I mean, well, he's a teacher. Is that what are you trying to say? You, well, I'm I'm not trying to say <laughs> anything. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a nerd. Like, because remember, he he doesn't really know how to fly and he always crashes. That was like the running yep. gag through the entire series is that every time he tries to land he just crashes right and you know that the show didn't last very long but I, I remember reading that the two main guys did not like each other at all really? in real life they didn't get along and I, I don't know if they ended up repairing that as time went by or if it just got so bad that it made the chemistry was so difficult yeah it, it just it was detrimental to the show Huh. But I think that yeah, had it gone on, he would have mastered the the powers more and more, and it might have morphed that way. But you know, it didn't. Like you said, like what happens is these aliens show up, and they actually give the suit to the main character. And there's also like an FBI agent or something that right. they they kind of meet in the desert, and this you know kind of this chance meeting. And these aliens give them the suit, and they're like, "Your destiny is to save the planet Earth." And then they kind of just disappear. <laughs> So it, it's it's kind of weird, and I actually don't know how it ended. It's kind of one of those shows that I never really got into, and I was kind of too young to really understand a lot of the, the humor that was going on. But I definitely remember it being on, and I definitely remember the theme song. Me too. Like, I don't know why, and that came on when we were little kids, but that yeah. theme song is still very fresh in my mind. Believe it or not. It's just me. <laughs> no, I remember my mom actually bought the um what do you call those those miniature records? Like they weren't the full size. 45? Was it a 45? I, th I think Yeah, they were like you needed that little adapter to put yeah, on a record player and they were like yeah, they were they were like miniature records and I remember my mom had that because that song actually became very popular in the early 80s. And they actually, like, it was a theme song made for the show, and they played the theme song, like, on the radio. Isn't that weird? Well, it's a catchy song. It is a catchy song. I mean, that's like thinking, like, just pick a show that's on, you know, right now. It's like The Walking Dead you know, theme <laughs> song. And it's like, oh, you know, and then they play it on the radio. Like, it's, it's just, to me, it's just weird. Yeah, that is, that is pretty weird. <laughs> Greatest American hero. Man, 
They need to make a video game of that, I think. <laughs> that would be that would be good. Talk about I'm good. hero games. Yeah, I I'd, I'd play it. I wouldn't. <laughs> Somebody should do it. Someone should make like a flash game or like a where you just crash all the time. <laughs> or like a beat 'em up or so you know, something like that. All right, that concludes the mailbag segment. The bag is still full and we're gonna maybe try to do another special episode. We're we're definitely overdue. Yeah, we've every episode we've talked about like, hey, let's do a, a point five right here. Oh, and-, and we need to deliver on that. Yeah, we will. I think we will this time. Okay, so let's shift gears now and let's go into our retro pick segment. Good evening, retro reject listeners. Trick or treat, smell our feet, give us some retro games to play for Halloween. Be careful what you wish for, ha 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 ha. Retro pick. It is October, and it, it is going to be Halloween, and Ooh. so yes, very very spooky time of the year. Um, we've we've already got our pumpkins. We haven't carved them, but we we did purchase them. They're sitting outside. Wow. Um, we're gonna carve. That is a great idea. What? I should do that this weekend. My kids are coming over. Oh yeah, yeah. It's always fun to make the pumpkins and. Uh, and yeah, we put up some decorations. My wife does this cool thing where she takes like these, these big cotton ball things and like stretches them out. So it looks like spider webs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And she puts them on like all the shrubs and things outside. Uh, so we like Halloween. The kids are all excited. We have a great neighborhood. We do the whole trick or treating thing, but we each picked kind of a, a scary type Halloween-ish game to, yeah. to focus on. And um, do, why don't you go ahead and start? Okay. Okay. So the, the scariest game that I've ever played. And, you know, when I first put this game in, you know, I don't know if it was supposed to be scary. But when I turned on the power and I saw that creepy hand, I, I swear I, I might have pooped a little. Oh, It was bad. Dude, it was bad. I mean, I, that's a horrible thing to admit. Uh-huh. But I just have to say that Glover is the scariest freaking game I've ever seen. I'm still terrified. Uh, okay, I had to do my Glover thing. But that's, that's not bad. the real one. That's, that's not bad. the real one. Okay, okay. That's but it, it is. Hey, that the way I let in, wasn't that pretty cool? Like the creepy. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> my, my real pick, though. Okay. And so, like, when I got this game, for real, yes. um, I played it. Only in the dark. I wore headphones so that I could get the maximum effect of the sound effects at night. Uh, I was trying to get as creepy as I could with it. Mm. And that game is Eternal Darkness. Now, I know a lot of people have talked about this over the years. It's Silicon Knights. It came out in uh, 2002. It was originally supposed to be for the Nintendo 64, but I'm very glad that they waited because I can't imagine this game being successful, uh, not to the same degree, yeah. It had been on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Because graphically, it is very good. Right. Um, the mood of it is excellent. The, I mean, there, there's the whole like time travel elements, which there's something creepy about playing in the Middle Ages or, or playing as a monk, you know, in just in some of the different time periods, it really added to that sense of dark, disturbing things, you know. But, of course, the sanity effects is where it really got interesting. Mm-hmm. where 
the more you encountered scary things, you had a sanity meter, which Nintendo actually patented so that, you know, maybe they could use it in the future. But as that meter increased, you'd have other weird things happen. Like you might see uh, the walls would start moving or bleeding or you'd hear footsteps of things that weren't there. Sometimes um, that you could play through the entire game and not even see certain sanity eff- effects because they, they wanted to have a lot of possible things to happen. But the most notorious ones are, are the ones that make you think your data is being corrupted on your memory card. And of course it's not. Or, you know, enemies will pop up that aren't really there. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to fight them, but they're not really there. Um, overall, I think that the production values were really high. The voice acting was really good for the most part, except the inspector. I, re- I remember him being kind of wonky. But it was a really good, creepy, dark Halloween game. Um, I think it would be fun again- to play again during Halloween at night. What about you? Well, I I agree with your pick, and uh, Dinky Dana actually introduced me to this game, and he actually was kind enough to send me a copy of it last mm. year, and so I got to play it, and I love it. It's definitely one of my favorite games on the GameCube, and I guess there's some argument out there about whether or not it's actually a good game or whatever, but I'm definitely in the camp that says that it is. I mean, I know there is some issue with the controls. They take a little bit of getting used to, but yeah, I think it's it's awesome it's it's a great concept and i also agree that they wouldn't be able to pull this off on the n64 i mean the graphics would have looked horrible it would have killed the game it would have been way you know really blocky and in fact that should have been one of the sanity effects that the game should (laughs) be looking like the nintendo yeah yeah n64 mode (laughs) (laughs) so okay i picked a game that probably not a lot of people have heard of uh, it's called Nano Breaker. On I've the, never heard of it. <laughs> on the PlayStation 2. And this is one of those games that like every so often you, you would pick one, you would kind of roll the dice on a game that you never heard of. And I'm pretty sure that I picked this up at GameStop back in the day for probably like three bucks or something. You know, I figured, you know, what the heck? It's made by Konami. The back of it looks totally awesome. You're this dude, and you have this sword, and you go around. It's a plasma sword, and it's kind of mm. this futuristic world. And if you look at the back cover, it's like it's all kinds of blood everywhere. <laughs> In wow. fact, I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia article talks about this website called Games Radar. I never heard, I've of, heard this. of it, but anyway, apparently they had rated Nano Breaker as. Number one on the original bloodiest games you've never played list. And then it says here that this was then later moved to number six. And the current number one is Dead Space Extraction. But anyway, it, it is very oh bloody. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm looking at a screenshot right now. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like five beasts like just shooting like fireworks, blood everywhere. Yes. And it's... the ground is completely covered. The walls. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's so over the top. But let me tell you what. This is a good game. Um, it's It's a very underrated game. I bet you could go on eBay right now and it's probably going for like a couple dollars. I mean, yeah, it was developed and published by Konami, like I said, and it came out in 2005 and it was produced by this guy and his name is familiar to me. It's like Koji Igarashi or something like that. 
And I kind of clicked on him and looked him up, and he, he's been involved in a lot of the later kind of Castlevania games, like mainly from like 16-bit through like the 6-gen kind of area. He did Symphony of the Night. Oh, wow. So this guy kind of knows his stuff, and so this was kind of like his pet project, and it really never went anywhere, unfortunately. This is a PS2 exclusive. Well, let me ask you, have you, yeah. played, it, have the, have you played any of the PS2 Castlevania games? I, I have a little bit, yes. Because I, I haven't been terribly impressed with those. Right. Would you say that this is better than your experience with those, or no? I, I would say yes. I, I would. Um, I think this game looks better. I think it controls better. It's got kind of an interesting original story to it. And so briefly, the, the, the concept is that it takes place in the future, about like 20 years in the future. And for whatever reason, like all the world scientists have got together on this island to create nanotechnology. And apparently, you know, they make all these great strides and advancements in nanotechnology and they put these things in people and it like heals them of all kinds of diseases and it lets people walk again and blah, blah, blah. And it's all great. But then, of course, something goes wrong and the main computer pulls a Skynet and starts malfunctioning. And of course, somehow that controls all the nanites that are in these people. And all of a sudden, the people... In the opening cutscene, they like transform into these like horrible monsters, right? So they're actually mutated people. And the opening cutscene, it's kind of freaky actually, because there's a mom and like a little girl. They're like running from like some other monsters, but at the same time, they're transforming themselves. And so, like, the mom totally like transforms in like this robot kind of just bursts out of her and it's like all this blood everywhere and like you know you see like her like head cracks open and then mm. you know like all these army guys show up and they're like blasting her you know they like shoot her down and then one of the guys goes over to the little girl and he's like oh it's okay you know i'm here to save you and and like she totally like morphs into this mutant and kills the guy and it's <laughs> wow. so so they end up bringing in the main character uh who you play is this guy named jake He's got some like cyborg thing going on and he's got like all these enhancements, but he doesn't have the nanotechnology and he has this awesome weapon that's like this plasma sword. You can do different attacks with it. It can morph into other type of melee weapons like it'll turn into a giant axe. You can take like this huge swipe and you can like cut like five enemies in half at once. And there's lots of different combos and there's all kinds of power ups and there's probably eight or nine stages and it's just pure over the top hack and slash fun game. And the graphics are nice. The colors are are great. Uh, and, and the sound is, you know, is OK. Music is OK. So uh, that's my recommendation. If, if, you, if you're wanting to play a game that has a, a lot of blood in it, you know, you should pick up Nano Breaker. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, so when we were in Portland and we were at the coffee shop and we met Sean and Christy, you know, I thought they were really cool. And so I was like, hey, you know what? We're we're gonna do another show, obviously, after this. I said how would you like to pick what we talk about for Retro Rewind? 
and uh, he's like, uh, I don't, I don't really know what to say exactly, but he was wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, and so you pointed that out, or a jacket, I think, and I, you know that sounded like a good idea. So I'm like, let's do that, and so that is what we're gonna do. So, um, would you like to start talking about this though? I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle related: comics, cartoons, toys, games, yeah, movies. So, would you like to get that started? Okay, so uh, just a little bit of background. So, it all started with the comics, actually. Uh, they came out in 1984. I knew nothing about them uh, at the time. The first thing that I knew about the Turtles was the cartoon series. So, that started in 1987. And I don't know how many seasons there were, but I think there were like eight or nine. Or So, I fell in love with the cartoon show. And of course, yeah, I think that's where I, I found out about it, too. I think yeah. most people did. If I'm not mistaken, I think that the comics were a little more edgy. Yes. For an older audience anyway. So when it came out as a cartoon, that was for a lot of the kids. That was the first time they've been exposed to it. Right. A absolutely. And I think they kind of looked at what they had and they thought, well, if we want to make like tons of money with toys and whatnot, we need to kind of adjust this a little bit. And, and I think they came up with the perfect formula. Because oh, yeah. I, I just love, 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 love the cartoon. Just the, the four different turtles, they're, they're, they're different personalities, you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, and just how well they all kind of fit together. Um, yeah, and that's right there in the theme song, right? It, it is, it is. <laughs> their personalities right there. Right. Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines, Raphael's cool but rude, and Michelangelo is party dude. Yeah. You know what? The only one that I... I kind of felt mad about was Raphael. I think they they could have done more with the rudeness. Like I think they really pulled it off. Obviously, in when they did the movie, like the first live action movie. Yeah, he's moody. Pout. Yeah, yeah, he's all yeah, exactly. Like he's me. like all emo and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, in the cartoon, he to me he was like the most generic character. Like the other three really stood out to me. Yeah. I, I, well, I, that, it is hard to have that other character. Like, what exactly do you do with it? True, true. But you're right. They could have made him more rude. But um, I just love the show. I loved, you know, obviously Shredder, Bebop, Rock, City Crane. I mean, those guys are hilarious. And all, all the interesting and cool characters that they came up with, you know, obviously with the intent to solve the toys. <laughs> well, that's usually how it goes. Right. But, you know, that, that premise of, like... The um, ooze, the mutagen, or whatever it was called, like falling in the sewer, um, and some ninja happened to be down there and touched the, you know, this some. However, that exactly happened. Right. And then the idea that Shredder and Krang were gonna manufacture their own, and they ended up with Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Gosh, they tried to do it. Like, let's take a fierce animal and some, like, you know, punks. And then they ended up with these idiots. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, I just think that it was so clever. And I just I loved that when I had the toys, you know, yeah. looking at all those toys and just thinking about that concept. But one more thing about the cartoon that I, well, I'm sure there's many things we could say about the cartoon. Oh, yeah. But one thing that's really interesting um, is that James Avery, who, who was uh, Philip Banks on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he does the voice of Shredder. Uncle Phil? Uncle, yes. Oh, oh yeah, he, yeah, I've heard that. He is the that. voice of Shredder. And if you think about it, I mean, or if you go back and watch Shredder at all, then you yeah. immediately realize it. Oh, wow, that is him. But it's just a funny little trivia, you know. 
Yeah, that that is so cool. And it, and I was just going to say about Shredder, I mean, he cracks me up. There is a couple videos <laughs> on YouTube and they're like these montages of of Shredder like insulting Bebop and Rocksteady. And it's so funny. Get this thing off me, you amoeba brain. Quiet, you bird brain. What are you two bug brains doing here? You bumbling ignoramuses, what are you doing up there? Oh, you clumsy cretins, you clumsy idiots. Why must I be cursed with a couple of dipsticks like you? Come on, you fools. Get them, you fools. Idiots. It's me, you idiots. You ignoramuses have slipped up somewhere. I give you two imbeciles a simple assignment, and you can't even carry it out. Will you two imbecilic buffoons stop pestering me? Oh, you imbecilic incompetent. You impudent idiot. Come on, you incompetent buffoons. You incompetent imbeciles. You incompetent maggots. You incompetent slugs. Ah, you incompetent wimps. Don't eat near the equipment, you microbrain. I will destroy that midget, you miserable maggots. Do you think you morons can get it now, you mutant maggots? Don't just stand there, you mutant morons. Oh, you nuclear-age numbskulls, you pathetic peons. Don't ask me, you cretins. Use your pea-sized brains. No, stupid. And you two stupid mutants, come with me. <laughs> okay, now he it may have been funny in that way, but I have to say, Shredder yeah. and his design, mm -hmm. he is one of the coolest bad guys ever. All those blades all over the place and the name Shredder. Oh, yes. He's so awesome. Okay, yes. Uh, yes, that is true. However, worst action figure design ever. I, I don't really remember why. Oh my god. He he can't stand up. <laughs> he, his feet are all weird. His legs are all weird. They made him all skinny, and it's terrible. <laughs> it, they later fixed it when they released the Super Shredder. Like after the second movie uh, came out, they released the Super Shredder, and now uh, that's how Shredder should have been right from the start. Anyone that had the original action figure of Shredder, they know what I'm talking about. Like, well, I had it, but I don't remember him not standing up. Um, look up a picture of it. It, look it up online right now. He had it was so bizarre. He had this like tiny little waist, almost like a like a little girl's waist. <laughs> are you are you looking up? I'm looking him up. Yeah. Okay, I want you to see and I want you to see if you remember. Is he shirtless? Uh, he might be shirtless. Yeah, that's really weird. That does not look Shredder like how he action figure. Even the colors were wrong. As I recall. yeah, it it doesn't really look right. He's in a crouch. Yeah, he's in a crouch. Yeah, he's shirtless and he's got like, yeah, that doesn't look like Shredder. Right. Yeah, it's it was not. Good. It's not metallic looking like all the stuff on his arms are right. blue. Right, right. What's with the blue? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I do remember him, but wow, that's sad. He screwed it up. It's funny, though, because my memory of him is not like this. Mm hmm. But whatever. So, yeah, the cartoon, the toys were great. I I had a lot of the toys. I still have some. Um, I, have, I had yeah. all of the toys. All of them. Oh, I, well, not all of the like little ones off to the side, but that first series, you know, with April and Splinter and, and the four turtles and Bebop Rocksteady. Actually, I didn't have Krang, but I had Foot Soldiers and Shredder, uh, you know, in a little shoebox under my bed. I was big time Ninja Turtles. In fact, that was the last toy 
because I was in seventh grade mm-hmm. and I was starting to get like embarrassed about playing with toys. <laughs> and I remember getting them and like I remember my mom like begging her to to take me to Toys R Us to look for them all. And I was able to find them all. I got in early enough. I, unlike Transformers where I missed a lot of those early toys and then the next generation came out and I, you know, missed out on it. I wanted to make sure that I got all these. But I remember keeping it a secret from people at school. You know, I didn't want to talk about Ninja Turtles. But that was the last toy that I was really into as a kid. Did you have the Technodrome? No, I didn't have the Technodrome or the the Turtle Van. Uh, I didn't have the money for that. Just getting, like, for a birthday and Christmas, getting all the action figures. Yeah, the the vehicles were, yeah, they definitely were a little bit more. They Um, always are. I did have the Party Wagon. Um, and I also had the flying car that Bebop and Rocksteady had. It was like this purple old looking car and it actually oh. could fly. And I forget exactly how they got. I feel like they stole it from these aliens or something like that. I forget. But I actually have it up on my shelf right now. The car does like a hover conversion, kind of like Back to the Future 2, where the wheels f- like they flip underneath. Was that in the show? I, I It was. It was in I, the show. Yeah, I vaguely remember yeah. that, but it's it's like it's coming back to right. me. And I had like a couple other things. I had um the the one vehicle that um the rat king would ride on in the oh, sewer. Yeah. And it had like snakes and stuff you on You always the front got of the it. vehicles. I got vehicles. Seems like you did. Would, you got a lot of vehicles. Yeah, I, w- I usually I would get the vehicles like for Christmas. That would be like one of my big gifts. Stuff like that. I would get the figures, you know, here and there. Oh, you know, I was just, yeah, just reminded me about some of the other figures. There were some cool other figures, like maybe from the second round. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, you remember a rabbit? Yes. Like, uh, I, don't, I had it, yep. but I can't remember much about it. Yeah, I know people probably know the guy's name. He had like a really weird name, but I, yeah. I had that figure, like the samurai outfit. His ears were like tied back, like the samurai hair right, or something. Right. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. And I remember uh, I had Casey Jones, you know, yep. who'd fight with all the sports equipment. Right. Um, but then there was also one that I never got. I and I'm I know I've seen it in the modern toy line. I think that it was out then too. Was it like the metal? Um, metal yeah, Metalhead. Yep. Did he was he out in the original toy line? Because I seem to remember I, that. I have him. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 He, I mean, he was. Yeah. I know he was in the game, but he was so cool. Yeah, he was cool. Um, I had Slash, which was like kind of a, a bad mutant turtle. He was like, kind oh of yeah, looking. <laughs> um, he was a cool one. And then I also had this random one. It was like a Triceratops. It was a orange. Mm-hmm. Triceratops, mutant guy. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Those are the ones that come to mind. But I still have a big box of them at my parents' house, and I keep forgetting to bring them back. Well, can I just say this one weird story about the toys? Yeah. I remember riding the bus one time, and for some reason, I saw Donatello's head, <laughs> like just decapitated head, like on the floor in the bus. And I was <laughs> I was a teenager, so... I don't know what I was thinking. I I took his head and I took like a purple string and I turned it into a necklace. Nice. <laughs> and so I remember where I didn't probably for very long, but I remember wearing a necklace of, of Donatello's head. You know, you got a purple headband anyway. So I put the purple string on there. It's, it's just weird memory. But anyway, so uh, I, I would totally wear that now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, I just unplugged my headphones there accidentally 
okay, I'm back. Um, All right, so, so so how about the arcade game? You um, know, I have no memories of that. And oh. as a kid, I didn't go to arcades. I knew I'd heard about it, of this, course. But this kills me. I I know that you didn't you didn't have the opportunity, but I remember when this came out in 1989, and it was in my local arcade. Um, I've done a video about this. It was called Stop and Play. I actually went back to my childhood arcade a couple years ago, and I did video of the games that I remembered from 20 years ago. Some of them were still there. Unfortunately, they didn't have the original Turtles game. They had Turtles in Time, which wasn't there back in the day, but whatever. They had the original, and it was right out front. It was just fantastic. I mean, four-player action. In a lot of ways, I actually prefer the original one over Turtles in Time for the arcade. Just, I guess it's pure nostalgia. Yeah. You know? Right. I just remember I would drop like five bucks and quarters and just play that as far as I could get. And and I always picked on Atello. He's my favorite guy, um, even to this day. Like when we went to Ground Control, I played. I played with Aaron, uh, and I played Donatello, and I think he was Leonardo. That was my choice. Yeah, when I, yeah. I play it, it's Leo. Then then we had the NES games that came out. And so in the same year as the arcade game, they came out with the first Ninja Turtles game on the Nintendo, which I think all of us were kind of so excited and they did a bait and switch on us, I feel. Mm. They kind of they kind of screwed us. You know, I mean, the game is an okay game but it wasn't the arcade experience you know we kind of got this weird kind of overhead view and then you would go into these manholes and then you would have like a 2d thing and to be fair though yeah i mean an arcade is is more designed for multiplayer it's easier to do multiplayer in our arcade and i actually liked the original Tur- Turtles game on NES quite a bit and it's because I didn't have people to play with. Right. And I, I liked having a single player. But my biggest gripe with it was that um, it was impossible. <laughs> it, I dude, cannot it, beat that game. I tore my hair out playing this Oh, game. yeah. And I, I, I'll tell you what. I could get to the Technodrome. I would get there with yeah, me all too. four of my Turtles and you know what? I could never figure out how to get past that stupid ray in front. And every time, if it touches you one time, you just die. Instantly. Well, and that's the frustrating. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's the problem. Yeah, uh, a game like that. If they'd had like a password system or something, then it would have been great. No, you know, yeah. some other way of re- of keeping your turtles. And, and back in the day, again, I mean, this has been said a million times, but there was no internet. There was no way you could go on YouTube and be like, oh, how do I get past the stupid Technodrome? You know, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think even Nintendo Power would tell you how to get past it. It would just show you like a map of the state. Well, you know, it, it, it might have come up in there, but I don't know. Still, like, it's I, I think... frustrating to play a game to have to start from the beginning and play a game that far into it and then you die. Right. And you have to start over from the very beginning. Yes. I mean, uh, I mean that's the way a lot of games were, but it was frustrating. It just they... cr- it crushes your your soul. Actually, well, yeah. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I mean, I would play it, and I'd get to a certain threshold. You know, I'd finally get to level three, and right. then I'd die, and then I'd I'd get frustrated because I always get just to there, and I'd sit it aside for a few weeks, and then I'd come back to it and say, okay, well, this time I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I could never get far enough, and and so it it does leave a sort of frustrating yeah 
taste in my mouth. It was such an intense experience and it was such like a stressful experience. Like you're trying to play this game and you know, you're trying not to get hit and you're trying not to like fall off of buildings or fall into pits. And because you're thinking like, I got to get far, farther and farther (laughs) and then always get there and then lose all your guys. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I would want to just throw it across the room. And ultimately, I just gave up. And so then, then in 1990, they come out with TMNT 2, the arcade game, which is, you know, a a significant, you know, downport of the arcade game onto the the NES. But it wasn't bad. No, not not a bad game. Very fun game. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't I'd never had it like my friends had it. And I just remember thinking like, why couldn't I have gotten this game instead of the original? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed that so much more. You know, the two-player you know, beat-em-up thing. And, and I think I it mean, came they, with a coupon for, like, pizza. Did it? Seriously. That's cool. It's either it was in the back of the instruction manual or I, I seem to remember that. I'll have to look it up. But, yeah, keep on. Go go ahead with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. I mean, I just I just love that game. Um, I have it today and it's still fun to pick up and play even even one player. It's it's got a lot of nostalgic value as well. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I wanted to mention, obviously, are the live action movies. And, you know, they came out with three of them. I don't even want to talk about the third one. Because it's really that bad. Wait, is that the one where they go to Japan? Yes. Oh, dude. Well, I, I do want to talk about that one. Oh, Lord. Okay, you can talk yeah. about that. Um, but let's talk about the first one. So it came out in 1990. So by this point, the cartoon had been out like three or four years. And so very popular. I went to go see this in the theater and just it was awesome. It was such yeah. a great experience. You know, and... Yeah, uh, seeing them up on screen and they were a little creepy. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I mean, they the definitely way they're look weird. Animatronic eyes and yeah. and like mouths would move. I remember watching like a feature on how much technology was in each head. Yeah, and I mean that's pretty cool, but it was a little creepy and really creepy. Splinter. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, what yeah. the heck, man? This like ball of fur, like ratted out. No pun intended, but ratty fur is well, you know, creepy. Yeah. They made, ah. yeah. They should have filled him out a little bit more because he really looked like <laughs> he constantly looked like a wet rat. I thought he looked kind of like gangly, and I mean, I get it. He was like an old man, blah blah blah. But um, I don't know. I mean, I I liked the the way that they did it, and I liked the fact that they were not CG. I mean, actually, you know, there wasn't CG back then, but I liked the fact that they made it real. You know, like it had yeah. a certain charm to it. April O'Neil, eh, I wasn't so crazy about it. I thought they could have picked a better actress to play her, but I mean, she was okay. Like Tina Yothers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you know. Yeah. I'm just messing with you, bro. Yeah, no, no, no. You know what? One of the things that I like about the movie is I think it's in the second one. Yeah. Um, Secret of the Ooze or something. Vanilla Ice. Oh, oh. The Ninja Rap. Yeah, I mean, Dude. you gotta talk about that. I mean, that oh, the very go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go. And yeah, and it's and the rap like rhyme scheme is like almost identical to you know, Ice Ice Baby. Right. It, uh, but I guess that's when when he was cool. Yeah, I know, right? 
in that brief window. Yeah, I saw that in the theater as well. And uh, the second movie is not as good as the first, but it is very entertaining and it's very funny. The part at the end with Vanilla Ice I thought was so ridiculous because, (laughs) I mean, he just makes the song up, you know, like as the turtles are coming in and fighting these guys and... It just oh. seems totally ridiculous to me, but I just remember cracking up when I was watching it. And yeah, the whole end battle with like Razor and Tokar or Toka or whatever the name, whatever their names. But yeah, you know, I I feel like we've talked about this. Or maybe I was talking to somebody else, but how disappointed I was that they didn't have Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, seriously, I don't I don't remember talking to you about that, but um, I might have right. talked to Aaron about that because you're right. We were doing yeah. I remember being so disappointed, and I feel I feel like there was no reason not to do it. Yeah, they should have used them. I don't know. <sighs> it's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like they didn't have the rights to use those characters. It just seemed like it's. It kind of seemed like a slap in the face to the real fans. You know, I have to give my mom props because you okay. know, as a as a dad, some of the movies that come out like. I don't really want to go see them, you know, Yeah. Like that my kids might be interested in. I, I wouldn't want to. But, you know, you got to do these things for your kids. My dad didn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He wouldn't take me to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But so I just went with me and my mom. Okay. And I remember going to the first one and, you know, hoping she would like it. And she didn't, I'm sure. But she like <laughs> she humored me. And yeah. the first one wasn't so bad. But I, I remember going to the second one and actually feeling bad. Feeling bad that she sat through that wow. for me, you know, because it was not great. I mean, it wasn't atrocious, but, you know, I was a year older. Yeah. I think, you know, I was about to start high school and, <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. <laughs> wow. And so, out, yeah, you're right. It came out in 91. So I might have been, I don't know what month it came out. I might have been in high school. Did, did it, you graduate in 95? I did. Yeah. Okay. So you actually graduated a year ahead of me, but we're the right. same age. That's well, you're, yeah, it's just where the birthdays fall. I was young in my grade and you were older in your yeah. grade. Yeah. That's the way it went. But let's talk about the third one, which you don't want. No, to I don't want you. you but I'm going to. It's so and, bad. Dude. You know, the reason why I have to is because, okay, in I'm sure schools all around the country do this, but we have a testing week um, in my school. And I'm usually teaching Japan about that time. And like a lot of teachers kind of, since the students are so like in testing mode, they're testing for like four hours a day. So when they are in my class after testing, we still have to meet with the students and, uh, you know, have, have period, periods after. So I don't want to do anything that's too like taxing on their mind. Mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine said, hey, you want, why don't you show this, you know, Teenage Ninja Turtles. And it's kind of cool because it starts off looking like a real serious um, feudal Japan movie. Like there's a sun rising and they're riding up on horses. And the first scene has no turtles at all. It's just like it actually takes place in feudal Japan. Uh... And yeah. And, and then, but then it suddenly it cuts away to them and it gets really bad. Really bad. But <laughs> really fast. But I have to say, and this is a stretch. And I'm not like taking it. Obviously, I don't take it serious as like an academic movie, but it talks about it talks about structures like the social structure with the daimyo and the samurai and the connection between um, feudal lords and the people that that uh, live under them. It's kind of strange how much is there. And, you know, there's this I think I've mentioned it before, but there's in Japan, there's a um, 
legend, sort of like our Bigfoot, of this creature called the Kappa. No, you haven't talked about this. No. It looks like a turtle. (laughs) Yeah. And so when the when the ninja turtles Oh wait, yeah, look it up. I'll tell you some of the stories about it though. I was actually just telling my students about this the other day. The Kappa looks like a turtle. In fact, in Super Mario Brothers, the the Koopas are actually Kappa, right? But they're cute they're cutified. They're cutified versions of the Kappa. But that explains why the bad guys are turtles. These things are ugly, dude. They're they're scary, mischievous little creatures. And some legends say that they would come up to people and suck an orb out of their butthole. What, what is this? Contain come on. their soul. No, if you read oh, that Wikipedia on. article, no. read it. It's in the Wikipedia article, disgusting. dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> so so you think like in America, little kids grow up and they're afraid of the boogeyman. Can yeah. you imagine growing up thinking that this weird turtle creature is going to suck your soul out of your butt? <laughs> yeah, that's something. To be of, there's a picture of like two Kappas like pulling a naked guy underwater. This is just weird. Well, I, w- I really wish I could unknow this right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm clicking off of that. But anyway. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, that that movie, um, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. It's not enjoyable, like hardly at all. I saw it in the theater and I wanted to walk out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think I saw it at the dollar theater, actually, because like you you wanted to walk out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I only paid a dollar for it. Can you get it? Can I have this prorated? (laughs) I want 72 cents back. But, you know, I mean, obviously the, the turtles continued on and, you know, they're kind of surging back into popularity now. But for me, it kind of ended with, you know, Secret of the Ooze. For me, that's kind of the end of the turtles. But they have been a very robust series over the mm-hmm. years. Like kids today still like Ninja Turtles. I mean, they're not nearly as big as they were. Right. But when a new show comes out, people tend to watch it. When a new toy line comes out, people yeah. buy it. So. It's it's amazing how much longevity they've had. I've seen the the new toys and stuff, and I've had to resist the urge, you yeah, know, to to get them because they are cool. Like I'd like to play with them. Maybe I could get them from my son. Actually, it's funny. Yeah. I, I tweeted. <laughs> I tweeted last year because I was looking for them for my son, uh-huh. and I couldn't find them. Oh, they yeah. were wiped out. I see them all over the place. I see them at Walmart and Target, and yeah. And I like the fact that they actually still have the original ones right you know you don't you don't have to settle for like chopping action michelangelo or something oh pizza pizza twirling i actually had that one it was like you wound it up and he would like spin his nunchucks or something there's so many lame figures that they made that it was just blatantly like trying to make money like i I have ones where they're like dressed up as like astronauts and just stupid (laughs) retarded things and i bought them i don't know why yeah Oh, that is sick, man. I'm disgusted. Like, there's one of, like, yeah, Michelangelo in, like, a scuba outfit. Like, why? He's a turtle. Can't he breathe underwater? Why does he need a scuba suit? Wow, you were channeling AVGN right there. (laughs) The turtle can't go in water? Seriously! So uh, is that it? Are we done with our turtle thing? Yeah, I think think we've we've talked about all the funny, silly backstories of the turtles. Yeah, it's good. This has been a really fun episode. A lot of it has. I feel like we gushed quite a bit about Portland. I feel like we oh yeah, 
I feel like we were kind of erratic and maybe all over the place, but I mean, that's just kind of how the whole weekend was. I mean, those conventions are a whirlwind. You fly in or whatever you, you spend a long time trying to get there on your pilgrimage. And as soon as you get there, (laughs) you've got 20 people that you've been wanting to see. Oh yes. And you all just get together and you don't know how to divide your time to talk to everybody without ignoring people. Uh, it's, it is such a whirlwind. And then you go on the show floor and there's thousands of games and yeah. thousands of people and people coming up to you and uh, you things catching your eye. It is it is such a whirlwind. And you don't end up sleeping much because you want to spend as much time as you can with people. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that we did talk about it in that way, it's very fitting. That is the best word to describe it. Whirlwind. <laughs> it really is. And, and you know, we didn't really talk about like the after the, the thing, like because... I don't think that I told you. I mean, I had like a red eye flight to go back. I knew you did. That was 1130 Portland time. So that's like actually two o'clock or two thirty for you. Right. Right. There's a three hour difference. So, yeah, I actually took off at 1145 p.m. and I immediately fell asleep, woke up in Houston and somehow I managed to get off the plane and find the my next plane i had like an hour and somehow i managed to get up i was like a zombie dude i don't even know what time it was it was the middle of the night (laughs) somehow i made it with my skeletor costume and all (laughs) i managed to get to this connecting flight and landed back here on the east coast i don't know it was like 11 o'clock in the morning on monday i slept the entire time on the plane which was awesome it is. You are lucky that you could do that. Oh, I just, as soon as I get on the plane, I'm just out. I, I put in my earplugs and I have this little like eye cover thing. I'm like an old lady. <laughs> I have this like eye mask thing that yeah, I you put can wear on. it in your videos. And it's like, I'm in, I'm in like complete darkness and silence. And I just recline my seat back and I'm gone. <laughs> but what, wow. what was, what about for you? Like, what was it like when you, when you left? Because you left er- oh. like a couple hours earlier. Well, well, my flight is so short. The way up, we were going into the wind. It took almost like two and a half hours, yeah. which isn't bad. But the way back, it was less than two hours. I really felt like I went up and I came down. It was weird. Huh. I left at six. I landed at about eight o'clock and I was at my house by 830. Nice. It was weird. And it, yeah, it's almost like when, when the flight is that short, it's almost like, did that even happen? Like. Was I really there this morning? Did yeah. I really do all this? It's almost, it's like weird to decompress after things like that. Yeah. Like I wanted to still talk to people. And, and it's funny because a lot of the people you talked to, they're Facebooking you and they're right. they're tweeting you and just talking about the things. I know like we hung out with Playa Lives up there. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He happened to be driving down here okay. to Anaheim to Disneyland for his honeymoon and we tried to connect on that uh, Saturday, but it wasn't going to work because uh, I had to take my kids a few places. And it's unfortunate. I really wanted to hang out with oh, him since so he was cool. here. And his wife is so nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I spent like we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and I talked to his wife for like, you know, half hour. It was yep. it was really nice. They are really great people. And yeah, that whole decompression, it's hard. Well, you, you don't want it to end, really, you know? Yeah, I mean, is it kind of lame of me to say that when I got back here, I just, I really missed all you guys? No, it's not. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, man, it's like, I got to wait a whole nother year. I feel like it's a little lame of me to say. 
<laughs> it's not. No, it's not. But and you know what? And that's why I've made it a point. Like yeah. I went to Magfest to see you. Right. Pr- like primarily, it wasn't about buying stuff so much, yeah. and it's a good thing. But um, you know, I went to see you, and I but I knew Greg was going there. I knew I knew that Gamester was going there. Yeah. Um, we we, we did have fun, but it, but Portland is just, that is the standard. It really is. The gold standard. Like, I remember last year when you guys went, and I just got, I actually got kind of annoyed that you guys kept talking about it so much, like it was the greatest thing ever, and I'm just like, shut up! Well, you, you now you understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you've, you've drank like, the Kool-Aid. This is the greatest thing ever. So, well, I hope that you can make it out every year. I hope that I, that can work, because... I, I'm going to, and, and, you know, my wife is so cool, and, you know, she knows, you know, I've told her all the stories, and shown her all the pictures, and she just, you know, kind of laughs, and <laughs> and she's so cool, you know, she'll she'll let me go again, I'm sure. Well, it's important, man, yeah. for, for us guys to get together. It is, and- it is. You need to have, you need to have that guy time, that bro time. Our everyday lives, I mean... They're kind of serious. You know, we have families, we have responsibilities, and it's good to have a little time where you can kind of really be a kid again. Yeah. All right, my buddy, uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. Um, Let's do that. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you for watching our YouTube channel and um, all of our stupid videos. Um, please subscribe to the Retro Rejects podcast YouTube account. Uh, again, you can get trailers of the new episodes and you can get special content like our pickup videos. Also, check us out on Twitter. Uh, give us a, a, what do you call, like a retweet? What do you, no, what do you do when you like subscribe? Follow, Follow us on Twitter, yeah trying to keep up with you kids it's hard also um please like go back and post comments on the episode 7 trailer on youtube tell us what you thought of the show tell us hey you know i i met you guys blah 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 you know remind us of your youtube names so we can go check out your channel yeah all that stuff and we respond to like everything oh on yeah our youtube channel we yeah, definitely. I haven't been very good at all about that on NES Complex channel, but on on this channel, um, I've been doing my best. Yeah, and I think it's fun because we both. I like the fact that we're both able to respond, kind of like mess with each other as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. Because we res- we respond using our normal accounts. Right. Yeah. So you can tell who's who and all that. Hey, can I also like ask? If you listen to us and if you, you know, listen to us through iTunes, would you do us a favor and rate our show? Uh, we don't have that many ratings, and it would be nice to, to have a few more, and I, I just would appreciate that. Please rate us and give us funny comments on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not saying you have to give us five stars. You know, give us your honest opinion. No, you must give us five stars or <laughs> no stars at all. Wait, yeah, no. and if you do, you get a gold star, which That's we've right. given out before. You need to give out some more gold stars. It's been a while. Not only that, I think it would be cool to, like, give out gold stars. Like, really? <laughs> All right, you're in charge of that. Okay. Okay. All right, well, my friend, uh, thank you for spending a couple hours with me on the of internet. Of course. And uh, it's been fun, and uh, can't wait till Portland. Uh, only 50 more weeks to go. <laughs> so uh, everybody uh, thanks for listening and have a pleasant evening good night
oh man i forgot to talk about the drawing that i made <laughs> dude that was funny that drawing is awesome i put a lot of time and effort into that drawing you know what i i never knew that you could draw and i, I, I made this comment on twitter when i first saw it that yeah. wow you can actually draw well here's the thing i didn't know i could draw i was literally surprised how did you do that did you draw that on <laughs> okay on the computer, or did you draw it by hand and scan it? What did you do? Okay, so yes, I I, I drew it freehand, and if we're gonna put this in at the end, um, I did this drawing of you know a bunch of us from when we went to Portland, and I draw. I thought it'd be cool. I got this idea actually from the Cartridge Brothers hmm. because Aaron posted a a picture because he has internet addiction. He had posted a picture online. Of all of us, like one night where we were all hanging out, and it was like a big group of us. The one in front of Edible Complex? Yes, Edible Complex. <laughs> that, yeah, that was the one. And Cartridge Brothers commented, and they go, It's like the Avengers of YouTube. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of like, I was thinking about this. I had kind of already something in mind, but when I heard that, it just solidified the idea. When I got back, I actually spent an entire day at work um <laughs> drawing this picture and what i what i did was i i printed out like pictures from the internet and i basically like put the picture down and i kind of just looked at it and then based upon what i saw i you know i drew it freehand there's me in the captain america outfit um, Captain Vintage. Captain Vintage, and then and then for you, I made you in like the Metroid suit. Yeah, you put me in like uh, like I'm a woman or something. What's no, that? you're not a like, woman. Well, I know I'm not a woman, but you, I, I mean, <laughs> she's not even like an Avenger. Okay, but like everyone but I tried on to here th <laughs> is from like almost everyone is a superhero. No, that's Except, not okay. True. No, it's not, not true. true at all. You're right. But you've got a lot of superheroes. And then for some reason you have like Johnny, I guess he's just his own superhero. Right. You know, he's Millennium Man or something. Right. Well, he's future Johnny. Right. From the from the movie. Well, I know. Yeah. But I can't believe you're complaining. I thought you would be happy. That I <laughs> no, I'm not complaining. Because that's like your favorite game hey, of all time. I, I'm not complaining. I was just messing around because it's cool yeah. that everyone's Avengers. Or well, I guess they're not all Avengers, but they're all superheroes, pretty much. No, we have we have we have DC and Marvel. So we have. Um, so you mentioned already that there's Johnny and Kim. I did Kim as the lollipop chainsaw because she had that cosplay costume up there. Exactly. I made Ricky Batman, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like he's like the awesome like Dark Knight Batman, and then I made Aaron the old style Robin. <laughs> yeah, I think that's perfect because he gets to have his hair. Right. He's got the hair. He's got you know tights on or, and stuff. Oh man. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't actually get to see him like that, you know. I think he should totally dress up as oh, the Burt Ward Robin and like I don't want to see that. Videos. That would be awesome. They could do it for Halloween. And Ricky's kind of like you know the the like awesome Batman who doesn't really say much. He just right, kind of stands talk. there, right? <laughs> right. Um, and then I also did Greg, and I did Greg as uh the guy from Robotron. 
the hero nice. of Robotron. You know, I did a search and I found there were different like ports of the game and there was different box art. So I actually chose the 7800 box art and I based Greg off of that. Okay, um, yeah, you tweeted that picture too, and and we were trying to figure out why you tweeted this. Yes, I tweeted picture. it to I tweeted it to Greg ahead of time because I wanted to make sure that he knew like who the guy was when he saw the picture. Right. And then I did SNES Man, and I just thought it would be fitting to have him be like Superman, you know, with oh, it's S, perfect the S on his shirt, you know, for SNES Man, and then he's also got the Mario hat and like the, exactly the big hair. And then last of all, I've got Gamester, who's like I I envisioned him as like the Hulk, and so he's like kind of like <laughs> lording over everybody like in the background. <laughs> And wow. I made I made him the Red Hulk because, you know, his colors on his channel are kind of like red and black to differentiate him from like the Green Hulk. And I, and I right. told you this earlier, you know, in the day that there is a Red Hulk and you, you did not know this. Well, you know, I remember there being a Gray Hulk. Yes. And I know that there's the Green Hulk, of course, but um, that's like very vaguely familiar. Red Hulk. Hmm. Yeah. And and I, I'm I'm not like a Hulk expert. I just know that there are at least those three Hulks out there, and they're right. I think they're like different people, but I I couldn't even tell you. Anyway, that's the drawing. It took it took me um like I said, it took me about a day while I was at work to actually draw it, and I drew it in pencil. And then what I did is I scanned it into the computer. I then took that, and then I used microsoft paint to kind of fill in the colors and stuff did it fill in nice or did you have to do all this stuff around the edges to get it close i I did have to redo the edges yeah that is so frustrating i mean i've tried to do that too and it's just frustrating i think there's better ways to do it (laughs) i'm I'm sure there are but i'm not gonna have it of doing this like it's kind of like a one-time deal i think right Um, because it did take me probably another couple days after i had scanned it in to actually redo all the lines, uh, do all the colors and kind of smooth everything out. But at the end of the day, I'm totally thrilled with it and uh, actually printed it out and I laminated it. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to hang it in the game room. Well, yeah. And I didn't really have anywhere to put it. So I just decided I was going to take down that cork board where I have all the different controllers. How big did you print this out? It's on a legal size. Okay. Paper. So I already got, I printed it out and I took it to the FedEx office and for $2, they laminated it. And then I'm just going to take like sticky tack and I'm going to put it on the wall. And I thought I would get like a couple other posters. Like I have a Sega Master System poster. I thought I would get that laminated and put that on the wall. So I'm doing a little rearranging of stuff. You know, I'm on this wall back here where the arcade is. I'm just going to put a couple things and so that's going to be one of them i think we should uh use this as the thumbnail that would be awesome but i think i want to add a few of the things we talked about yeah sure for the most part this is going to be the thumbnail do your magic man 